0: with
1: him, cannot win with him, cannot cope with
0: him,
1: can't do it. You I mean, listen, we talking about practice, not a game, not a game, not a game, we talking about practice. Down goes
0: Frazier, down goes Frazier, I-
1: Now locked in to the Clock Dodgers podcast. Clock Dodgers podcast. Welcome to the Clock Dodgers podcast. I am your host Neil Maligno. Joining me today is the man who, not for health reasons or against his will, enjoyably eats tofu tacos. What's up, Josh?
2: Dude, you don't know how good tofu can be. You, you just stop hating on tofu.
1: You're disgusting. And uh, the other person that we have on the show today is hopefully someone who does not eat tofu tacos. Adam, what's up, Adam?
2: <laughs> Legit, I was vegetarian
3: for a year. I lived with a vegan for five years and I hate tofu. So
2: yeah, I don't get that Josh. <laughs> so, did you did you have an air fryer in that time? I feel like the air fryer really does does a good job with tofu. That's that's interesting. I can see the argument, but you're wrong, and
3: <laughs> that's
1: all there is to it. The question is, Adam, do you hate tofu because of a past, you know, that you want to forget? Or do you hate tofu because you hated it that whole time you did it? No, I hated it the whole time. Okay. All right. I'm just asking. These things need to be answered. The Not... listeners need to know. They need do, to know. Do you
3: like tofu, Neil? Come I on. Don't. You're the one who started this. Then yeah. you try to turn it on me. Like, it's some sort of deep, meta, like, thing that's going on with me that I don't like a fucking terrible I mean, food item. I
1: mean, you seemed a little, you know, <laughs> scarred, a little scarred, a little, you know, you had a history with it. I have no history with it it's a va- valid question man.
3: but you have no history with it how do you know you don't like it
1: i mean you know i might have taken a nibble here or there you know but not like you mr Strict vegetarian for a year so vegan yeah, well. excuse me respect um yeah. yeah all right listen not a fan of tofu not a fan of tofu only person a fan of tofu on this podcast has bad takes so that makes sense um let's let's talk about football gentlemen let's talk about football let's talk about some football I feel like, well, we always start with victory laps, so let's let's continue the trend. Let's start with victory laps. Adam, do you have a victory lap from week five that you feel really good about and you want to, you know, get some exercise out on there?
3: Well, I've got A, one that I feel really good about, but then I got like four or five others, so this is going to be a bit. You take victory but, uh, laps
1: like no other, man.
3: Man, this is what we're here for. Like, come on. I just, I literally only record for the hour for these like first couple minutes where I just get to talk about how I was right. Uh, So, uh, hey guys, how'd you like Brandon Cook's breakout week? I mean, if Chase Claypool doesn't catch four touchdowns, I'm getting a Brandon Cook's number one week right after an OBJ number one week to just like completely polarize my season perfectly. But uh, we just barely missed it. Brandon Cook's wide receiver, three in PPR. Uh, I mean, Adam Thielen as the wide receiver four was also phenomenal. I think he's a wide receiver two on the season so far. So that's just crushing it. And then, uh, over at running back, I mean, Miles Sanders finally really hit hard this week and, uh, chase Edmonds who I just, I, I drafted a ton of in best ball, even though I was pretty in on Kenyon Drake. I had a bunch of him as well. Um, you know, Chase Edmonds has kind of shown that he might be the better back there. And overall last week was the PPR running back seven. And I think that's phenomenal. And, uh, you know, if he can continue to produce like that, I mean, he's going to be huge for those, uh, those best ball teams.
1: Facts. Chase Edmonds, man, the man of the hour, the man of the hour. We will talk about some Chase Edmonds. Oh,
3: man. wait, I'm not done. Okay, <laughs> Don't transition away. Cause then we got to come to the quarterback position guys. And, uh, I kind of want to let you try and take a Derek Carr victory lap, but you you don't get to. The reason you don't get to is because a couple years back, uh, it might have even just been last season, but I remember a big old debate that we all had about Derek Carr and uh, this little quarterback named Jared Goff and just constantly being told that Jared Goff's trash and, you know, Derek Carr just finally needs his opportunity, and he's getting it. And last week, I mean, he was he was fantastic. I mean, Derek Carr QB eight. That, that's just that's like his ceiling, guys. That that's awesome. And then uh, Jared Goff <laughs> finished just ahead of him at QB seven. You know, Jared Goff's the QB ten on the season, guys. I don't know if you're aware, but uh, take note and take notice because uh, he's crushing it.
1: I mean, that's fine. Let, let, me, let me make a correction for you. We did not debate Jared Goff and Derek Carr last year. It was Jared Goff and Sam Darnold, which is way worse.
3: It is way worse, but Derek Carr was in that debate as well.
1: It, he wasn't in the debate. You just hated him. The specific uh, argument was you and Josh fighting back and forth about Sam Darnold and Jared Goff. That was no
3: Derek Carr was a third man in that debate regardless (laughs) the whole debate around Derek Carr is that he's he's just a high-end QB2 and occasionally he has a big week and is still not as good as Jared Goff but like
1: he you know he can be okay too sometimes this is facts listen I'm gonna let you I mean you take your victory laps I don't like to trip people when they're taking laps so I'm gonna let you take your lap you took it I'm going to jump in here because you mentioned Derek Carr. So I feel like this is, you know, I have the right to do this at this point. I'm just going to victory lap on Raiders period as a team because yes, you Derek Carr, top 10, Henry Ruggs, top 10, Nelson Aguilar, top 20, craziness, Josh Jacobs. I don't even know where he finished. Where did he finish? Let's check really quick. Josh Jacobs, top five, top five, Darren Waller, Darren Waller, top five. I just had top five, top five, top ten, top ten, top twenty. That's all in one week. That's in one week, folks. That's in one week. The Raiders' offense is firing like crazy out here. I'm not even. Gonna, I'm not even going to sit here and pretend like I, I I seen this coming, especially against the Chiefs. Like I didn't, you know, I didn't expect this offensive explosion in this week, especially after a down week last week. I was I was bummed out. I was down and depressed about it. But, I mean, just overall, this team has been I, – I don't like to say this because I, you guys think I'm a homer already. You think I'm drinking the Kool-Aid week after week. But I felt a little corner being turned in that game against the Chiefs. I felt a little corner being turned. Guys were a little healthier. Things were starting to roll. John Gruden's calling the right stuff out here. I feel like the Raiders' offense can be trusted. I feel like they can be trusted going forward, and I'm taking victory laps. And how about Henry Ruggs? How about Henry? Ho- I, listen, I've seen all the jokes on Twitter. I've seen all the fucking jokes. Oh, Raiders took Rugs first. Da, da, da. Look at all these other receivers. That's the biggest joke ever. Look, man, the guy wasn't healthy and you're talking shit. For what? What's the point? The Raiders are out here calling the right plays. They're not just making him a little gadget guy. Rugs looked great in that game. And if you watch the game, fuck the numbers. If you watch the game, you know Rugs look great out there as a receiver. So I'm excited about my Raiders. In fantasy and in real life, what a crazy, what a crazy life I live. That is my victory lab, boys. Josh, you don't even get to take one now since you just sat there quietly.
2: I'm just. I'm <laughs> too, uh, I'm you got be too. more certain. Jared Goff, this Jared Goff nastiness that is already—it's
1: <laughs> throwing you off, right? We started with Tofu <laughs> and Jared Goff this episode.
2: Tofu is mean, definitely better than Jared Goff. Derek Carr is the Tofu of quarterbacks.
1: How dare you? <laughs> that is so disrespectful.
3: Yeah, because it's pretty accurate.
1: <laughs> no, not not a chance. Not a chance. Not a chance. That is a question for Twitter.
2: Is- Points per game, Derek Carr is ahead of Jared Goff.
1: Say what? Say for it again, Josh? Nonsense. Say it again.
3: What are you even looking at? No, he's not. Is I'm jo- just staring at it right
2: now. Derek Carr is at 23.48 and Jared Goff is at 22.3. What?
3: Okay, you're looking at it from last
2: week or something? Because that's not uh, the case. All, all season? I, okay, like, <laughs> ma- there's a chance that I'm wrong here, and I just don't see what it is. I don't think I am, but there's a chance.
1: Literally, a- like? the average less than a point difference per game. Yeah. I
2: mean, it could
3: also just be this. Yeah, it's the site scoring probably if we're on yeah. different sites. Whatever, regardless. They're, they're very close.
2: It's weird what they're doing with Goff because he's, he's he is playing really well. Like they, he's throwing over, he's throwing nine yards per attempt, but he's also just not throwing very much, which is, which is very different than what they used to do with him. So I don't know. It's just, it's interesting what they're doing. And like Robert Woods and Cooper cup are dying for air yards. They're getting nothing like they're, they're not doing bad in PPR, but they're down, they're down so far in air yards. Like the the Rams are just not throwing the ball very much.
3: Yeah. I mean, they, they honestly, they just, they haven't been forced to, I mean, outside of the shootout with the bills, they're, they're winning games pretty easily. And that, I mean, that being said, that that's just kind of that run to pass ratio and why it's shifting that direction. I think it'll be interesting when they play more competitive games later on in the season to see if golf, can produce in those sort of game scripts as well.
1: Maybe he can. He's a great start this week. That's for damn sure. <laughs> he is going to be a great start this week against the 49ers. Who are they playing? 49ers.
3: Oh, against the 49ers? Yeah, probably.
1: Going to tear it up. Going to tear Five-time it up.
3: time
2: game, though. Who knows? Yeah, that's true.
1: Josh, do you have any victory laps, or you're just disgusted? I,
2: DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf. One of us had DK Metcalf at wide receiver seven coming into the season, and that <laughs> – that is looking like it is not
1: hot enough. <laughs> it doesn't offset I mean, having DJ Moore at four.
2: Gee, you shut your mouth about. <laughs> <laughs> this is Come called on, canceling you can't out even each let other. Him
3: take one victory lap, you're gonna trip him that quick.
2: DK Metcalf. That's that's the only name we're talking about right now. DK Metcalf.
1: What is it, man? I mean, what what like? There there was weeks where people would ask, you know, Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf. I have both. Who I start? At this point, do you ever say Tyler Lockett, or do you say both, or how where are you at at this point?
2: Well, DK Metcalf is getting so much more volume, is he not? Yeah. So, so I think I think you have to go with you have to go with Metcalf at least in targets. He's getting a lot more volume, and he's way up there in air yards. So yeah. okay, Tyler Lockett can always drop a a big game, but I feel like Metcalf is the safer bet.
1: Yeah.
3: You know, I felt like. That question was lock it forever until that game on Sunday night. I don't know what it was, but just watching them come down to like the last drive of the game and the last plays of the game, and watching Russell Wilson just focus in on Metcalf, it kind of just showed you the type of player that he is. That like he is kind of that next level guy where he has that elite, you know, top five in the league ceiling, and uh, I think that for me, that question was always Lockett and I think it is shifting towards Metcalf. Yeah. I don't know if it'll be that way at the end of the season because I think from a target share perspective, Lockett could still out-target him the rest of the way. Um, but Metcalf, I mean, he's that dude. Like, Just just watching like the way in which at the end of the game, he just was going to take over. I mean, that's the type of stuff that you see from stars. So, you know, I think uh, I think this is more or less his breakout performance in the NFL.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, look at if you look at you know weeks one through five PPR, he's literally number four. He's it's DeAndre Hopkins, which is you know crazy to some people, right? <laughs> the way this you know the way his you know new team and everything, but Adam Thielen, Calvin Ridley, who we've seen you know rip it up and kind of slow down a little bit at his points, but you know he's been ripping it up all year, and then DK Metcalf, right 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 above Tyree Kill about right Tyreek Hill. Even weirder than than him being there is Robbie Anderson at six. That's just crazy, but it is what it is, man. We talked a lot about Robbie last week. So um somebody thought DJ Moore's name should be there, but it's not. No, just a reminder again. Just a reminder. Um, so
2: so right now, I just looked it up. Metcalf and Lockett both have a twenty four percent target share, but Metcalf is getting forty two percent of the team's air yards to Lockett's twenty two percent.
3: Oh yeah, by far, and honestly, like. If they keep letting Russ cook to the level that they have been and just he's airing the ball out constantly, then, yeah, Metcalf probably won't produce Lockett. But if the season shifts as they get into the winter months and they start running the ball more and having a bit more conservative offense, I think you're going to see Lockett end
2: up having the larger target share.
1: Yeah. Anyway, no it's worth it's both airing
2: about the, sorry, yeah. Neil. Yep. Like, did you see Chris Carson's line this week? It was like eight, yeah. eight, eight oh, no. carries and seven targets. Like, it used to be twenty-three carries and three targets.
3: Yeah. Well, and the crazy thing is, he produced on that as well. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, you know, it's interesting. Game flow is going to dictate a lot of a lot of that, but I think that uh, ultimately, with what we've seen from the Seahawks so far, they definitely have shown a dramatic shift in the way that they're calling calling their games and i i mean i don't know if that's going to stay throughout the whole season but uh it it definitely seems at this point that it's here to stay
1: yeah and and for what it's worth both receivers metcalf and lockett are inside the top 10 right now in ppr scoring so either one man you got you, you know congrats on having either player right now at this point in the season so um yeah dk metcalf great victory lap josh um great victory lap man let's move on to some breaking news Breaking news for today, right before the podcast went live for us, Le'Veon Bell released by the New York Jets. Now, nothing surprises with the New York Jets. They are a train wreck, if there ever is one. Um, A lot of people are asking questions like, why wasn't Adam Gase released instead of Le'Veon Bell? You know, what the hell is this team doing? Le'Veon Bell looked happy, you know, on Twitter, throwing the peace sign up or whatever it was. He was excited, the emoji he put up there. Um, we have no clue what's gonna happen here. I mean, do do either one of you have uh sixth sense and inclination? Do you think he'll get picked up on waivers, or do you think he will go through waivers and then get picked up?
3: I think he probably goes through waivers and gets picked up. Um it just seems like the tendency for these vets. That being said, I mean, it's like the best case scenario for Bell from a fantasy perspective. I mean, I thought he was dead, and a big part of that was just that Adam Gase offense, but him escaping out of there. I mean, we've seen from Robbie Anderson, another example of players year after year getting out of an Adam Gase golf fence and looking fantastic. So I'm not going to write bell off and I had already written him off. So it's kind of interesting that a coaching change could make that much of an influence. And if Josh agrees with me, remember <laughs> everything he said, coming into this season about coaching, not mattering and it all being about player talent and just throw it out the window. Go ahead, Josh.
2: It's Adam Gase is clearly that guy on the bottom that actually sucks so bad that he can Mason Rudolph a team, (laughs) but Leonard Fournette moving and doing so far, nothing with the bucks makes me nervous about other running backs, moving teams.
1: Is there a team that he can go to Josh that would get you excited? Or at this point, is it like, you know, it's, it's, you know, whatever team he goes to, they have a guy that they kind of feel is their guy and he's just going to share workload and you don't know how that's going to, I mean, basically this point what I'm asking you is where Le'Veon Bell signs. Do you think you'll be more excited for Le'Veon Bell or more concerned about the running back who was already there?
2: I think there's, there's definitely like, what if he went to the Rams? That's probably not going to happen because he's expensive, but they don't seem to have a guy that they're settled on. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the Bears seem like just a, a place that has a vacancy. Damn. I think there are definitely places where I would be excited.
1: Yeah. Adam, is there anywhere in particular that comes to mind instantly for you that you're like, you know, that team you think has a good shot at taking him and, and, and mattering?
3: I mean, honestly, Tampa Bay would be hilarious.
1: <laughs> that would be hilarious. But, uh, <laughs>
3: but that would be the place that he would probably have the most success of potential options. That being said, I mean – it. It's the year of the attrition of players. Like, eventually a team is going to need a running back. He's going to end up somewhere. Like, it, it's going to happen. So, for me, it's just a matter of time before he gets a bunch of touches. I mean, really, like, as far as teams that could use a running back, I mean, he should be going to Detroit. Like, really? But Detroit <laughs> so, keeps yeah. peddling out these rookie options and – You know, Adrian Peterson, bring in Bell, add to that old (laughs) backfield. I don't know. I mean, you know, like you said, there's a lot of places that look solidified, but a ton of places look solidified until, you know, an Adrian Peterson level talent comes in and that's Le'Veon Bell. So if he goes somewhere with what we have as perceived starters or perceived locked in talent, don't be surprised if Bell steals touches. Like I, I won't be.
1: Yeah, you got to assume if he gets through waivers that he's going to sign somewhere cheap. And you would think it's I, – I would think it's a contender. But, I mean, you, you, you know, there's no certainty in this game. But, you know, the Rams are an option if it's cheap because obviously they didn't, you know, want to pay a, a girly or anything like that. Um, I would love for the Colts to replace this Jonathan Taylor guy. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> There's a nothing- – these, I mean, there are some interesting spots out there. It, 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 these, these are actually fun things to me. I like when this kind of stuff happens. I mean, the the other question is is do we care about anything on the Jets that this changes? Like, do we care about a running back there now, or do we still want to no a part of this offense at all? Like, does this open up anything for you guys in terms of anyone there, a wide receiver, anything? No, no,
2: I, I feel like Jameson Crowder was is already sort of doing some kind of magic trick mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Really though, like Yeah, yeah, if if players leave Adam Gase and become better like Jameson Crowder is a superhero
1: <laughs> That's facts Yeah, yeah, I mean this is I like this kind of stuff man we'll, we'll, well, obviously we don't care about the Jets and we don't really care who who takes his place um, but where he goes, is gonna be, it's gonna be really fun. I, I don't think anybody will take him on waivers just cause I believe they're going to owe like millions and millions if they do, but, um, where he signs after, I'm really intrigued to see if he goes to a contender or if he doesn't care where he goes and he's just going for like, you know, to play. Um, so it'll be, it'll be fun to see. Um, but there, there are some pretty good options. If you guys had to guess, do you think it'd be a more obvious option or do you think we'll be surprised?
3: If I had to guess, the two teams that jump to mind, and you're not gonna like one, one's the Chargers, yeah, and the other is, I mean, as unlikely as it seems, it's probably the Bears. mean, after Losing Tariq in. Cohen, I don't know how much they trust Montgomery as like a true workhorse. They've been using Cordell Patterson, but like I could, I could see them adding to that backfield. I don't know. I mean, like I said before, there's so many injuries out there that like, I could see a lot of different teams thinking that they need the quote-unquote depth.
1: Like it, like a team who who has a running back who's had one good week, like like Joe Mixon or something?
3: Yeah. <laughs> he can use some like help. Like Josh you know? Jacobs. Could...
1: <laughs> hey, no Josh Jacobs slander. No, Josh
3: Jacobs Stop it.
1: that. But yeah, any anyway, point being, Le'Veon Bell's release. This is big news. It's exciting because, like you said, a lot of people did write off Le'Veon Bell. Some of it was just because they thought, you know, he's lost it at this point, but a lot of it was the Jets. So it'll be fun to see if I mean there, there's for me, I feel like why why doubt the guy? Like why why go crazy in like denial that he could, you know, bounce back hard here? Like there's older backs doing it. He's done it before. If he gets in the right situation, it's it's believable, so I think if you could buy him cheap right now, buy him. If you have him, just hold and see what happens. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not down about this at all in any way, shape, or form. I'm not one of the guys who say he's finished and you know it's it's over for him. So I'm excited to see where he drops. I always like this in season drama to spice things up a little bit. So uh, yeah, it'll be fun to see how how it plays out. Um, other big news though, besides the signing here, was injuries this week again. We keep having to touch on these each week, and it sucks. But m- m- the biggest one and the and the thing that obviously, you know, got a lot of people bummed out last week was Dak Prescott, you know, done for the season. They looked horrible. Uh, he he was clearly upset when it happened. Who wouldn't be? And then, you know, it seems like he's in good spirits. And and we all feel like every, everyone should be ha- fine, you know happy for Dak. I'm sure he's going to get healthy quick, bounce back, and everything's going to be fine. It sucks. The whole contract thing he will keep bringing up. And it's, it's a bunch of garbage. But. It sucks for him. It sucks for the Cowboys. There's no way to sugarcoat it and act like, "Oh, this is great for the Cowboys," which I've seen people try to do as well. Um, but just generally, it sucks. But I have no doubt that he'll bounce back and be great and be fine. Um, but it, but it is a, it is a you know a big hit to teams, right? Because there's a lot of people who drafted Dak early or drafted him be, to be their guy and carry their team in super flex leagues and all these things, and then this happens. Um, I'm kind of curious though, uh, before we talk about like his backup and all that kind of stuff. Do, does how much does this change the wide receivers in Dallas for you guys? They're super talented, they're gonna need them to win games. Adam, does this like is this a severe hit if you have one of these guys? And don't just say because you just traded CD Lamb, is this gonna be a big deal to you?
3: It is, it is not going to be a big deal. Um, but they are playing at an above efficient, like the way that they've played through the first four or five weeks was just so beyond what even an average performance would be that I think it's definitely gonna come back down to earth. Um, but you know, you said not to get into what that could mean, but I, I think Andy Dalton's gonna support those guys. So you do, okay. So
1: so, so you do think that he can and I knew you're an Andy Dalton fan before this season. So I mean, if anybody believes that Andy Dalton should be fine with this group, it's you.
3: Oh, I mean, I'll I'll get super bold. I mean, it, if you're in any sort of two quarterback or super flex league, I think you should be spending as much waiver money as you think you need to on Andy Dalton. Like, I think I think he has Q, top, like top 12 QB potential throughout the rest of the season, with those playmakers and even just what he's done prior. Like, if you go back and look at Andy Dalton's seasons, this guy can throw a ton of touchdowns. He is an efficient quarterback, and he also uses his legs a ton in the red zone. So, for me, Andy Dalton's a nice guy to just be adding in these super deep, you know, super flex and two QB leagues. I mean, I don't know. I, th- I think he offers a ton of potential upside, and I don't think a lot of people are uh, really seeing the potential.
1: Yeah, he's, he's definitely going to be a big ad, big ad. And like you said, you weren't a great deal of your fab or all, correct?
3: Yeah, I mean in two quarterback and super flex. Okay. I mean if we're talking just one quarterback, whatever, you can right. pick up anybody off yeah. waivers week to week and be able to, you know, get spot starts. So I'm not as concerned in leagues like that to be spending up for a guy that I think's going to start the rest of the year. Um but, you know, in in any sort of 2 QB super flex or God forbid if he's out there in dynasty like you need to
1: you need to own Andy Dalton. For sure. That's a, that's a good point to to make that here so people know what we're talking about here, the di- the difference. Um Josh do you see any big swings here, any big changes because of this, or do you think they just stay with the status quo? Who's been good will continue to be good, and, and not much will change in Dallas.
2: Boy, if Andy Dalton comes in and plays anywhere near the the level that Dak was playing, then then wide receivers officially make quarterbacks. <laughs> and that argument's over.
1: This guy's always Why? This guy's always looking I mean, for a daddy I twist. Look at Andy Dalton's career,
2: statistically. I, I think I'm going to go ahead and give that to A.J. Green. It's hilarious because he's <laughs> doing a hell of a lot without him. No, what? I, 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 you lost me there. Maybe maybe you've got a point, but I don't, I don't understand.
3: A.J.
1: Green has done nothing
3: without Andy Dalton throwing him the football.
1: Giving A.J. Green credit right now for anything just feels dirty.
3: Yeah, it seems super gross. I mean, totally. he's had a great career, but injuries have destroyed him. And the only time that he was good, he was with Andy Dalton. So it goes both ways, man.
1: He got crushed. But I on mean, Twitter.
3: you know, Andy Dalton's a quarterback who he's he's thrown for thirty touchdowns in a season before. You know, he has multiple twenty-five plus touchdown seasons. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Pers- personally, I think that he has the potential to, you know. Have a high floor weekly with some spike weeks
2: in there, uh, kind of performance. But. He does because he has fantastic wide receivers in Dallas, the best.
1: <laughs> Josh is going to stay on this, uh, wide receiver thing, Adam, no matter what That's, you say. Um, it's fine, man. Yeah. Don't it, I Co- mean, yeah. Coaching, it, yeah. Coaching doesn't matter either. <laughs> coaching doesn't matter. Wide receivers do, Adam. It, it, again this is another one of those storylines like it's an unfortunate storyline that we have to you know because it you know means Dak got hurt but it's going to be another you know uh you know interesting storyline to follow like i again these wide receivers are so good that it's hard to imagine like anyone halfway capable messing this up do you know what i mean like Andy Dalton seems like he has to be above the level that you would require to make these guys continue to roll. If that makes sense. Like in any way, like he's run to, you know, sufficient offenses his his whole career basically. So like to think that he couldn't handle hand and Zeke the ball a million times a game, and then just throwing good, good passes to these guys seems hard to believe. You know what I mean? So yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I don't, I don't really care who makes who good here. I just feel like this team shouldn't take a dramatic step back, but I'm not going to sit here and pretend like he's going to put up DAC numbers or nothing, but um, I feel like if you have these wide receivers, you shouldn't like panic or anything because of this. Um, so yeah, this this is just you can see just between you two right here. This is a point of contention. You guys are fighting over Andy Dalton right now.
2: So- I maybe maybe we will get really lucky and Andy Dalton will be bad, and <laughs> people will people will be off CD Lamb by the end of the season because that'll be a screaming buy.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of things here. And then, of course, you're going to have the people who say, oh, Vanny Dalton is so good, and why give Dak that big contract? And that's what I don't want to get to. That's, like, the point I don't want the conversations to get to. So there is a, a point there that I really don't want it to cross. Other than Dak Prescott getting hurt, Dalvin Cook got hurt. Um, we're kind of used to this. Teams at this point who draft Dalvin Cook know to get backups of Dalvin Cook. So everyone who had Dalvin Cook should have one of his backups if you don't. Shame on you at this point. Like I don't, don't have to tell you, <laughs> like, this is just, this is kind of what happens. Unfortunately, with Dalvin. Oh right. yeah,
3: confirmation bias over here talking about drafting handcuffs.
1: Cool. I didn't say you had to draft a handcuff. I'm just saying if you don't have one at this point, that's your fault. I mean, like you should have it. You don't think you should have Dalvin Cook's backup? I mean, come on, man.
3: Not at all. I don't think you stupid. should be drafting that's backups so stupid. ever.
1: That's so dumb. No, it completely
3: limits your upside. Why are you drafting backups? So dumb. I hate that logic.
1: I, I guarantee on every single it's team. it's
3: completely based on confirmation bias.
1: On every single team that you've drafted, you've dropped players already, bro. You've already dropped them. You've already dropped players. Yeah. So uh-huh. if you drafted, and so and if you drafted one of those,
3: those players can be Mike Davis. Or those players can be a James Robinson. Or other players that you can hit on as opposed to just having Alexander Madison sitting on your bench to then potentially be able to get a spot start for him for one week. Nah, I'm not with it.
1: I drafted I had Mike Davis on my team before the season started. I didn't need to fight with him. I didn't have to fight for him. I didn't throw mad bucks at him. I just had him. It didn't matter to me, man. Like and I didn't even have Christian McCaffrey. So it didn't even matter. Like to me it's worth it when you have deep rosters, man, there's no reason for these guys not to be on your team. Like it just doesn't matter. Like, yeah, if you're talking about some little 10 team league or something like that. Who cares? I mean, it's pointless. I don't even. When I, when I talk fantasy, I'm not even talking about those leagues. I'm talking about deep leagues. Exact opposite.
3: Deep I, leads I disagree. Are where you want to own a lot more assets on your bench because those guys
2: can
1: hit.
2: Disagree. Oh, man. Josh, That's...
1: what are you? What are your feelings on this, man?
2: Like I, I feel like there's a bigger conversation about running back handcuffs where they don't pan out pan out often. But I also feel like we've seen Alexander Madison be fairly good, and even Mike Boone. Has been decent. So I don't know. I think, I think Dalvin Cook might, might be one of the exceptions to the rule where you probably do get what you want out of his backups.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I just don't see the point. Like, if you're talking about guys like who we have seen done do well, like, like you said, Mike Boone, Alexander Madison, Tony Pollard, like to pretend that these aren't high upside guys, like, doesn't even make sense to me. Like, to pretend that it's not a high upside play. Because the upside is, if you're, if you're if that running back gets hurt, I don't even care if you don't have Dalvin Cook. If Dalvin That's Cook, when you gets, should
3: take him. The no, no, only no. time you should take him. No, if listen. You don't have Dalvin Cook. Listen. The, listen. the if other eighty four percent of the time, whatever, man. If you don't have like,
1: Dalvin Cook, and you draft Madison, how does how is that different, man?
3: Okay, here's here's what's different. It's game theory. You're spending two roster spots on what could only ever be one starter in your lineup. So weekly, the maximum you can get from those two spots that you're spending on your roster is the production of one player. If you use that other roster spot on, theoretically, any other backup, they have the same opportunity to gain touches from an injury like this one because injuries aren't this – like, I guess if you just think that Dalvin Cook is an injury waiting to happen, then, yeah, sure, just – Take Alexander Madison on the team as well.
1: But if that's how you feel, you shouldn't be drafting Dalvin Cook anyway because you think he's probably going to get injured. Yeah, I disagree with that, man. I disagree. I'm not talking about any backup in the league. I'm talking about Dalvin Cook, a guy that I believe is going to get hurt. So, of course. Why why are
3: you drafting Dalvin Cook?
1: Because he's amazing when he plays. So I'm not saying he's going to be out for the whole year. On the
3: possibility of maybe getting his backup later in the draft, which means then you have to try and reach past ADP to get a guy who, again, is only going to ever start in a situation where you've already lost your best player, as opposed to a situation where you could have literally any of the other backups that have hit this year, at Jarek McKinnon, a Mike Davis, a James Robinson, all these guys who were going very late in drafts. You would have lost out on the opportunity to get any of them. It's just a pure game theory thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I I don't agree with it. I, I agree with it in general. Like if you're saying like, oh, Devonte Booker in Oakland, in Las Vegas, like don't draft him over an upside guy. I get that. But I'm not when, I, when there's certain guys who I see get hurt every year for a game or two. And I feel like there is some potential, like, you know, when you talk to guys you know doctors physical therapists all these guys who say yeah this guy has some kind of you know soft tissue issue or this issue or that issue like yeah these might get hurt every year like it just is what it is like it's something you deal with when you draft that guy Then i'm okay with taking their backup i think it is in high i think it is high upside so i'm gonna disagree with you on it i really don't care <laughs> what else you got to say about it um i, I that's where i'm at so like that's... were you drafting all of todd Gurley's backups like <laughs> i don't like todd Gurley even so I wasn't drafted. But that's the whole
3: thing. Todd Gurley's injured all
1: the time too. It's the same logic. Yeah, but I didn't draft Todd Gurley and I didn't care for Todd Gurley's offense. I don't care about any of it unless it's a one of the wide receivers. I wasn't.
2: That's, 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 Edo Smith has had opportunities and he has had some games, but like, I don't think Edo Smith has the upside that Alexander Madison has.
1: Yeah. Especially in that offense. Like the Vikings run this dude into the ground, man. Like.
2: Again, I'm not saying anything against
3: Alexander Madison or drafting him late or anything. Again, it's just a game theory argument against drafting a player who is a backup to a player that you already have. I just think it limits your upside.
1: Yeah, I think in many cases it may, but I think there are exclusive cases where I'm going to do it. Like I said, you don't have to do it. You don't have to agree with doing it, but I do feel like when you draft a certain guy, if you feel like he may get injured because that's what has happened in the past or because he's getting older, whatever your feeling is on it. If you feel like he has a very, very talented backup or an offense that has totally used that backup a, at a high level. When that guy went out for whatever reason, I feel like there's value there and they should be drafted. Um, whether they're on your team or not. I'm not talking about just because he's on your team. I will draft Alexander Madison, whether I have Dalvin cook or not. Like I really don't care. I feel like he's a good, he's a, it's, a, it's a good opportunity for me to be a part of. Um, that's just how I feel. Um, again, I'm not drafting every single running backs back up or handcuffing every single running back on my team. But when there's certain elite running backs and they go down and they're a huge part of their offense, I don't believe like many do like, Hey, Christian McCaffrey gets hurt. Mike Davis is irrelevant. I don't agree with that. I think Mike Davis was going to matter after that. And he did. So I'm willing to bet on that. And I think that is a high upside. <laughs> so I don't see how there's an argument that it's not a high upside play. Um, so yeah, I'm going to, we're just going to agree to disagree on that. There's no problem with that. That's what we're here for, buddy. Um, so yeah dalvin cook's hurt hopefully you have madison or boone i like boone even too so um i'm going i'm good with either one kyle allen got hurt left the game which brought in the alex smith era which made everybody happy um i don't think we do we do we care much about the quarterbacks there in washington Is it matter to you guys
2: they uh, matter just as a super flex fill-in
1: yeah you know i just feel i just hate for terry McLaurin, man <laughs> This is killing me. Like, I'm just like, man, this dude just had a quarterback. I, I don't see how these guys are really better than Dwayne Haskins at this point, but I guess, you know, Kyle Allen didn't get a fair chance. He got hurt. And Alex Smith clearly is, you know, coming back from dramatic, traumatic stuff here. But, um, man, I hope it I hope it works, like, whoever they tried out there. But I don't know if Kyle will be back next week or not, or if they're just going to keep rolling, with, you know, with Alex Smith because that's who they like and that's who he's back, and we'll see. But um, yeah, I, th- I agree with you, Josh. Superflex is the only real um, matter there. Uh, Deontay Johnson left the game again. This was a back issue, I believe. So are we do- are we done with Deontay Johnson? Like as far as like, I, I was I was super high on Deontay Johnson coming into the season. So are we like super backing off on this guy now at this point?
3: I mean, it's week five. He's got a nagging back injury. Yeah. I think you know he'll probably have a couple weeks before. You feel comfortable. You know, I think he's one of those guys that you have to watch produce before you can put him back in your lineup. I think that's just where we sit with him now. But I think he'll probably produce again throughout the season here. I mean, before he was struggling with injury, he was getting like a 35% target share in that offense. So I definitely can see that shifting back to him when he's healthy.
1: I agree. All right. DJ Chark hurt his ankle, but I don't think it's going to be a big deal. And the other two guys, Sammy Watkins, AJ Green, both got hurt do we care about either one of them? I know Sammy Watkins is your guy, Adam. I mean, do we, are you heavily invested in either one of these guys or? I mean, I think we should care about Sammy Watkins. He's been
3: doing great this year so Mm -hmm. far, but uh, the reason we should care is because it just opens up a ton of opportunity for guys that, you know, in that offense could be way more explosive. Um, It'll be interesting to see. I mean, everyone kind of predicted it's being McCall Hardman, but uh, they've given Robinson a lot of runs. So it'll be interesting to see with, uh, Watkins missing time who steps into that role.
1: I agree. All right. That's it for the injuries. We've we've, we've talked about the injuries. We've covered the Le'Veon Bell release. We've covered victory laps. Let's jump over to trust issues. The first one we have here is a guy who was the man of the day, Chase Claypool. So the question we have here, the trust or trust issue that we're presented with is Chase Claypool being vaulted into the wide receiver one in Pittsburgh. Trust or trust issues with that, Adam?
3: Yeah, I got trust issues. Uh, I mean, what he did was awesome. I mean, I think that if you've got a player that is just exploiting a defense that much and the defense can do nothing to stop him, it's great coaching to just continuously go back to that player. I mean, that's what you see from elite coaching, and Mike Tomlin's an elite coach. What we've seen Pittsburgh do in the time that Mike Tomlin has been there at the wide receiver position is basically astonishing. I mean, they've turned out... So the most insane year-after-year wide receiver talent. And we're seeing it once again with this Chase Claypool breakout. And honestly, everybody thought it was going to be a Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson looked great at the beginning of the year. So you've got Deontay Johnson, who had a huge target share when he was healthy, as we were talking about a minute ago. You've got Juju, who has put up some great performances already this year and has one of the best beginnings to a career in NFL history. And then you've got Chase Claypool, who's coming off a huge week. I think really what you're going to have is just a dynamic offense. And from a fantasy perspective, you're going to have a lot of guys who you're going to want to put in your lineup every week, but they're probably going to be more boom and bust than they are going to be consistent, reliable week after week options.
1: Yeah, and then you even have James Washington, who's not obviously not putting up the numbers like they are right now, but he's not even the slouch himself. So they got tons of good wide receivers in Pittsburgh. Um, Josh, do you trust or tr- have trust issues on, you know, I mean, o- obviously, like I said, he was the talk of everything. I mean, he was just absolutely, you know, crushing it, amazing, um, doing things that not many players have ever done. So, I mean, do you do you think that, like, do we, do we have trust issues with him being heavily favored moving forward now? Or, you know, do you think, you know, like Adam said, there's a whole bunch of guys who are doing really good here, and we can't really trust that Chase Claypool is going to, like, run away with this thing?
2: I, I think that... He will. It's it's great that he flashed, and I think that it's signal going forward for his career. But even if Chase Claypool is going to be a very good player in his rookie year, I expect spikes and then just duds.
1: Yeah, I mean, let's put let's be honest. Calvin really had a zero catch game. (laughs) If that says anything, I mean, Chase Claypool next week can have zero catches. It just is what it is. Like that's how this thing works. But it was like you guys both said. It's great to see it happen. You know, it's great to see the flash. It's great to see that. You know, they know how talented he is and what he can do. And when they see the exploit, you know, in the, in the defense, they're going to take advantage of it. So um, overall, you know, it's just Pittsburgh wide receivers, man. They just are talented. And it kind of creates an issue sometimes because you're like, you know, you don't know who's going to have the big week. But, man, if all these guys get healthy and everybody's rolling out there, it's going to be fun to watch. The next one, the next trust issue I have here, um, someone actually asked me like a lineup question, and I was like, man, that's a good question just overall. So I wanted to throw it in here. Shout out to at bomb underscore squad 92. But his, uh, the trust issue I have here is Kareem Hunt over Clyde Edwards Hilaire, rest of season in PPR. Do you trust that or have trust issues with Adam?
3: I'm going to say trust issues, but I get the sentiment. Like, I I do understand what that's coming from. And I think that, for Kareem Hunt, while Nick Chubb misses time, he has like a higher weekly ceiling, I think, than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire does. But Edwards-Hilaire is a rookie in his fifth week in the league, and he's the RB12 in fantasy. I think that, that's epic. Uh, I think right now what we're seeing is they're still working him into that offense. They're still figuring out what he's best at. And Andy Reid is probably the best play caller in the league right now, if not, you know, top three. He's going to schematically figure out ways that he can use Edward hilaire better and better throughout the year, and I just think we're just going to see continued improvement from him. Um, so for me, I'm still sticking with he's C.E.H., but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, Hunt's Hunt's phenomenal as well.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. Um, Josh, how do you feel about this one? Trust or trust issues on Kareem Hunt over.
2: I think I think Clyde Edwards Hilaire is gonna bounce back. He's getting a lot of volume. He's at 19.3 expected points per game, which is not beaten by very many guys. That's like up in the top five. And Kareem Hunt's down around 15. So I I, I would bet on. Clyde Edwards-Peterson falling in the end zone a couple of times on on all this volume that he's getting and outpacing Kareem Hunt over the long haul.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you know he had that super big week one. I think it, you know any, anything after that for people, if it's not that, feels like he's underperforming or something. But he's been doing fine, man. He's doing great. So um, yeah, his position feels safer, and you know that big time offense and being you know the guy and with that play caller and Patrick Mahomes, it just feels you know more comfortable. Uh, The next one here, Chase Edmonds, Adam brought him up earlier, will continue to outproduce Kenyon Drake. Trust or trust issues with that, Adam?
3: It kind of hurts to say, but I trust it. Um, From how that offense has been running so far, he just seems like the better fit. I mean, you know, we call it the air raid and everybody jokes. It's it's the horizontal air raid. Like that's all they do. It's dink and dunk and it's just – constantly move the ball downfield five yard pass at a time. And Chase Edmonds is fantastic at that. And their snapshare has been basically the same. So, you know, maybe as it starts to shift to the colder months, you see them try and run the ball more. And Kenyon Drake, you know, gets a little bit more work. But uh I don't know. I really like what I'm seeing from Edmonds right now. And I, I think that there's a fair chance that he outproduces Drake the rest of the year.
1: Yeah. Um that it is interesting. I mean, you know, my my concern here kind of is like is Kenyon Drake now getting the David Johnson treatment of last year? Like that's what it feels like. <laughs> sure what it feels like. Um I mean, I I I don't really know. I it, like Adam said it hurts to even like say it cuz I also was high on Kenyon Drake this year. I have made a lot of trades for him. I've been a fan of Kenyon Drake before this last year, and it just sucks to see it happening like this. And I know he had like a, you know, kind of a bounce back week last week. Um, which we we expected. We talked about it last week also, like we started him last week because of the opponent. But it just feels like, man, I hate to give up on him early, but at the same time, like this team has done stuff like this to other running backs like David Johnson and Chase Edmonds is talented, so there's no reason to like hold the guy back. But Josh, do you trust Chase Edmonds like overall like rest of season outproducing Kenyon Drake?
2: It's tough. It's tough to trust him because Drake is still getting so much more of the work. Yeah. It, but but the thing is that Edmonds is getting all the targets. He's got 23 targets to Drake's six on the season so far.
1: And we've been so, saying this for a few years, right? Like everyone keeps saying, Chase Seven, Jay Seven season, Chase Edmonds season." Like it it seems to start, you know, popping off a little bit, and it doesn't fully materialize. And I guess. With Kenyon Drake having this early season struggle, people feel like this may be the chance, right? Yeah,
2: I mean it's kind, of, it's kind of an unfair comparison, but when when you look at the rushing volume, Edmonds has been a lot more efficient. Yeah, he's he's done that because maybe because he's gotten a lot less volume, and it's yeah. hard to be efficient with more volume. But he's been a lot more efficient, and he's getting the passing work, and I think that's the side that's the side I'd rather be holding instead of the Jordan Howard role.
1: Yeah, and if nothing less, it's obvious this offense should have Chase Edmonds in it, and it should have more and more of him as we continue to proceed forward. I would say so. Both of these guys, I feel like, have value to be on your team, and individually, you know, separately from each other. But I don't know if at any point like Chase Edmonds is going to completely run Kenyon Drake out of a job. But I think it's going to be one of those things where it could be a week to week thing. It could be, you know, I I just don't think at any point they're going to like say, hey. Kenyon Drake, we're pushing you aside. Chase Edmonds is a guy. I don't think that's ever going to happen. So it's hard for me to trust it from that standpoint. But I do feel like both have value, you know, moving forward. And Chase Edmonds obviously is uh, the hotter player at the moment. If that makes sense. Um. So we'll see how that goes. We'll see how that plays out. Um. The last trust issue I have here, really quick, is Philly wide receiver Travis. I, can how do you pronounce his last name? F- Fulham. Fulham. Fulham? G is yeah, Fulham. Oh, oh, G is... I believe
3: it's Fulham. Okay.
1: Yeah. This is the second week in a row with a last name issue. So shout out to uh, Says on Twitter. He he sent me a video for your uh, Falcons wide receiver last week, Josh, on how to uh, properly pronounce the name, you know, because I had a little struggle. So he sent me that video. And yet
3: Neil's avoiding attempting to pronounce
1: it. So now I'm like, I shouldn't even try, you know. I I probably should do more research before before these episodes start. I saw the video.
3: It was not how I thought it was pronounced. Yeah, that's... uh...
1: That's the problem. Yeah, I was
3: uh, I was a little off, yeah. but uh, so is every other podcast.
1: So, no <laughs> so on this trust issue, Philly wide receiver Travis, <laughs> a weekly flex starter, rest of season. This comes up because obviously the, the, the head honchos, the vet wide receivers in Philly have struggled to stay healthy. And, uh, you know, someone has to play there, man. And so Travis did well last week. Um, do you guys have trust issues or do you trust him being a weekly flex starter at least rest of season?
3: I gotta have trust issues. I mean, who? Like, it's just so interesting how Carson Wentz just continues to do something with nothing there. Like, you know, he'll find ways to make guys successful who, before that game, you did not know who they were, or, you know, you knew a little bit about them, but they'd never had production before. And then all of a sudden, he's able to cause a blow performance from somebody so I I don't know ultimately I'm not sure what this says for Fulton's career I mean he's a young guy so this could be you know the sign of things to come but uh for me he's gonna have to do it a couple more times before I'd feel confident starting him anywhere and I mean as far as if he's out there on waivers you know he's definitely an interesting guy to add though
1: yeah how do you feel about it Josh do you you agree it's like just again who and like to, to bet on there being any kind of consistency at this point is kind of crazy. Well,
2: I'm, well so whatever fab I have left is getting thrown at this guy. Okay, <laughs> wherever I have it, wherever I don't have Mike Davis, so I, I'm I'm definitely rolling the dice with him. But at the same time, I won't be surprised if he if he kind of fades into the abyss. And and I I have to admit that at this point, I'm asking if Carson Wentz is good. I don't know. I don't know if Carson Wentz is good.
3: He's struggling. When right? he continues to have no one around him and make these guys that you've never heard of before relevant, I, I mean, that's yeah. what, that's worth something. But again, I mean, who knows? This guy's probably great based on Josh's life. <laughs> He's probably just like a hidden gem of a talent who made Carson Wentz relevant
2: for a week.
1: Well, it does kind of also like go in the face of your why receivers made quarterbacks pot- potentially, right, Josh?
2: I just cannot yeah like I, I really I I do agree that Wentz has had very little help. And so that makes me want to cut him some slack. But it it, it doesn't look it doesn't look he's not a, he's not doing anything great. I guess I guess if you say that he, you know, supported Fulgham in this role in this game I, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I, I have a lot of I have a lot of doubt
1: happening. <laughs> yeah, it's been interesting there. Greg Ward, now I'm Like it's just you know, everyone thought Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, and we've gotten Ward and Fogel. <laughs> it's been crazy, man. It's this is a, a, a strange season in many regards. So, um, I, I think it's. I mean, I don't, Josh. I mean, if you're throwing all that money at him, you trust him. Or or are you just doing it because you may have five dollars left after all the money you've spent everywhere?
2: <laughs> no, I've, put, I've got a couple of places where I have more than five dollars. Before this week, <laughs> I, I had more than five dollars. So, I mean, it's just it's it's an impressive performance from him, and I think that I think that you can't really afford to turn your nose up at that. So,
1: all right, so you trust him? I'll take. I'll, you trust him? I, I understand, man. i i I like that like you taking the chances on him man taking the chances all right let's move over to uh can he do that again can he do that again the first one i have for you guys here is mike williams had over 100 yards and two touchdowns can he do that again josh
2: boy i with keenan allen out
1: jessard herbert was slinging the rock man
2: you know, I don't. I don't think Mike Williams is a bad player. I, you know, a hundred yards and two touchdowns is not something that happens every week, even if you get ten targets a game. But he I, he'll do it again at some point in the season.
1: How about a hundred yards and a touchdown? Can he do that again right away?
2: Yeah, he could do that again.
1: Okay, Adam.
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm going to more or
3: less agree with Josh. I think that. He can't do that again unless Keenan Allen misses time. I mean, for him, I think if he gets flooded with targets because of how he works downfield and he's like this big body guy, I think he has the potential to have some huge weeks like this. Um, but ultimately, when Keenan Allen's healthy, I think he's just going to be too much of a target hog in that offense. It's going to be super interesting to see how this passing you know, group develops with Justin Herbert though. I mean Herbert's just been so beyond what I or basically anybody else expected him to be. Um and especially this early. Like I i legitimately thought Tyrod was starting 13 games this year. <laughs> yeah. Um so you know I wasn't in on any of these Chargers guys. So for Mike Williams, I mean this is this is huge. And for his career, I mean this this is really positive. I mean he's still very young. And now he has the potential to be playing with a extremely talented quarterback, so it'll be interesting to see how this develops for the years to come. Um, but as far as this season goes, I think he's a great like flex guy in your lineups right now, who has the potential for big upside. I think that more or less, though, while Keenan Allen's in there, I'm not feeling super confident.
1: Yeah, I think for Chargers fans, you know that quarterback is exciting, man. He was making some plays out there where they're phenomenal. So um, it's a, it's like you said. I don't know if anyone expected it this fast, but man, it's a, it's a good flash to see right now. We'll see if it continues and if the rookie can continue that pace, but man, it was exciting to watch. Um the next one I mean, here. What was
2: that? I was just going to say he had he had 5 catches. He did that on 5 catches. Like I feel like he's really stretching the bounds of even the volume he got. So his his volume's going to have to go up
1: considerably. Right. And that's if Keenan Allen's out. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. it's crazy. But I mean, yeah, the numbers are crazy for the volume. So yeah, to think he could do it again is going to be tough. But it's pretty you know, impressive what he did with what he had. Um, yes. So we'll see. The next one, uh, Daryl Henderson led the Rams in carries in week five. Can he do that again, Adam?
3: Yeah, I definitely think he can. I mean, I, I think that. Sean McVay, the way that he runs his offense is more to exploit defense's weaknesses. So it's going to be interesting to see how he uses his core of running backs moving forward. But it seems like Henderson is the favorite there. He seems like he might be the most versatile. Um, So for me, like, I feel like you've got to feel confident starting him, especially with the running back apocalypse that's occurring right now. I mean, a lot of people don't have choices. So if you have someone like him, you've just got to feel confident.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people are rejoicing out there right now if they've held on to Daryl this whole time because there was a lot of people who had a lot of love for him and were super excited about him and were holding on for a long time. And I don't know if Cam Akers made everybody get off that wagon when they drafted him, but, you know, he he, he did pretty well in, in an opportunity here. Josh, do you see that he can do this again?
2: Yeah, I the the Rams backfield is one of the more confusing backfields for me so far in the season but but I do because he, Henderson is also if I'm not mistaken getting the the most targets out of that group so I, I feel like he, I feel like that gives him just a better chance of becoming the guy and not being in a completely split situation for the duration so yeah. if, if I was going to bet on someone it would be Darrell Henderson
1: yeah he had a touchdown through the air and on the ground so produced on all levels I mean the only thing I could ruin him right now is Le'Veon Bell right Josh <laughs> Le'Veon it, has, Bell.
2: it seems very not Rams but <laughs> man that would make me excited for Le'Veon Bell
1: <laughs> yeah for sure um the next one here this definitely want we definitely want Adam to start with this one uh Derek Carr was a top 10 quarterback in week five Adam can he do it again uh, I don't
3: know. Are they getting in a
1: dramatic shootout this week? No, nah, there's actually a bye week this week. Oh, but... uh, this is a bye week. So... <laughs> oh, tough. it's tough. How, we'll How about week again six? How about week six? Week seven.
3: In week, week seven against the Bucs. Tom Brady and the Bucs. No, the will probably slow down the pace of play. I'm going to say no.
1: That's no, be... we can't, Neil. That's going to be GOAT versus GOAT. It's going to be that's fun. Gross. GOAT versus GOAT, man. What Derek Carr is going to teach Brady a few things out there. Josh, man, can 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 Derek Carr get a top ten week in week seven against the Bucks?
2: You know, in week five, Kansas City is a negative matchup for quarterbacks,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and and Derek Carr has been you know twenty six PPR points, twenty two, twenty five, twenty seven. Like I don't think this guy, I don't think the matchup matters a whole lot to him. So he's just Mister Consistency.
1: Yeah, we'll see. Top ten is all obviously you know, asking for a lot out of Derek, <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see if he could do it. Um, I just had to throw that in there for Adam, really, kind to get my Raider digs in as much as I can, especially Derek Carr. Um, Preston Williams led the Dolphins in targets. Can he do it again, Adam?
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, he was a guy I was very high on coming into the year, so he can definitely do it again. I- I'm interested to see how Miami, you know, dwells out targets moving forward there. I'm not super confident in him being able to do it again. Um, From what we've seen so far in the year, it seems like Parker is still the guy there. Um, That being said, I mean, Preston Williams is more talented than just some walk on. So I think that uh, he definitely has a lot of potential to gain the target share there, which is what I expected him to do coming into the year. And I'll be interested to see if he can do it. I don't feel super confident, but I'd say I'm probably like 75-25.
1: What's funny is he beat out Parker in that game in targets, and he only had five targets.
3: Well, there. There you go. <laughs> Great production on those five
1: targets. Yeah, though. Parker is a writer Mike Williams like <laughs> in week five. Um Josh. Do you think uh, we're going to see a back and forth here with him and Devontae Parker? I mean, Parker still scored last week too, right? With this all going on. So he yeah, had 50 yards and a touchdown. I mean, do you think we're going to see a back and forth where one guy leads this week, one guy leads that week? Or do you think Devontae Parker will major, you know, have the majority of the higher producing weeks?
2: I do think we're going to have a back and forth and it might even be a three-way back and forth where Isaiah Ford gets into the mix. Uh, you know, Preston had a late injury and I would like to think that he is just starting to like catch his stride and become what I hoped he would be. But I don't know that Isaiah Ford out targeting you is just, it just makes me think that the ceiling is not so high.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a, a interesting thing. We'll see if they switch to Tua, what that does, if he has a favorite or if he's going to, you know, spread the ball around also. So Again, an interest in offense to pay attention to uh, moving forward. The last one I have here for you guys on can he do that again. Devonta Freeman had 20 touches in week five. Can he do that again, Adam?
3: No. I No. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I just – oh. does anybody know what Detroit's doing? <laughs> does anybody? I mean, they're going to sign Le'Veon Bell, and Le'Veon Bell's going to get 20 what? touches next week. So, yeah, I,
1: I don't know. No, for that. the Giants, I mean,
3: bruh. I know, but
1: – Just uh, 20 touches. He has 17 rushes, three targets. I just,
3: uh, I mean,
1: it's possible.
3: It's possible he does it again. I I mean, who else is there? Like really, there's realistically, there's nobody to threaten to take touches away from him. So, I mean, how often are you going to see the giants put up points though? I mean, it's a real question. (laughs) So if they, you know, have another big performance, then sure, he might get twenty touches, but if they have a normal game, there's no way he gets that amount of touches.
1: Yeah, man, Daniel Jones has been disappointing this year for me, man. So I thought he would do better. He
3: really has, man. Yeah, it's been disappointing for me as well.
1: I was expecting a big year out of him. I know Barkley got hurt and all that kind of stuff. But still I was just I don't know. I just thought he was in really you know, he had some
3: big spike weeks last year. so yeah. You know, you thought the ceiling
1: was there. Yeah, we thought he was gonna be a little more consistent. So we'll see. I do have Devonta Freeman on some teams though. So actually, I actually have him Scott Fishbowl, and I've actually had to start him last week. It, it's getting pretty ugly in Scott Fishbowl, but I still had a good week. I still had a good week, but I've been having to pin, you know, put pieces together in there. It's been ugly. Um, all right, that's it for can't do that again. Let's show our not so obvious lock of the week before we close this bad boy out with foul or no foul. Uh, not so obvious lock of the week, Adam.
3: Finally. Finally did it, guys. You finally did it. I mean, now we've all done it. One week. All right. So we can end the segment. <laughs> <laughs> We're all one-one and one, and the field is two. So yeah. Let's uh let's see if one of us can tie the field this week. So um I don't know if you guys want me to jump right off. Yeah, but, you get to start. You uh, get a shout start. out to Darius Slayton for having a huge week last week, and you know, not just being the lock of the week, but like really showing up for me and finishing as a top 12 uh, fantasy PPR wide receiver. So that was awesome. Uh, I'm gonna try and ride the wide receivers going into this week, and uh, kind of go with a little bit of a similar strategy as uh, Slayton was, where. Slayton had a really big week one and then did nothing and uh, went off again. And that came down to picking the right matchup. And I think I might have the right matchup in a situation where, um, you know, uh, the the wide receiver that dominates targets on his team is coming back off the injury and it's finally going to be suiting up again. Um, I think Marquez Valdez can has a good opportunity to, really have a breakout week again this week. Um, They're going up against Tampa Bay, and I think that game is going to be very winnable for Green Bay. Um, So, you know, Green Bay has been phenomenal this season so far. I mean, they put up 30 points in every single game. So getting a part of that offense is, you know, definitely a good opportunity. Um, Last three weeks, MVS has been pretty disappointing. So I think this will be his bounce back week, and I, I like him in this spot.
1: OK, MVS. All right. I like that, man. That's a good call. That's a good call. Packers wide receivers. It's not, you know, it's not a crazy idea that any week they can go off. Um, all right, Josh, he picked MVS. He went wide receiver again. He was our returning winner from last week. Who are you going to use to counter his MVS?
2: All right, I, uh, this this player he, he started to catch fire a little bit this week. I was very excited to see that. I, I very much like to see it continue. And they will be playing. They will be playing Dallas in Week Six. Although Dallas is a different Dallas now without Dak, but Christian Kirk, Christian Kirk is my lock of the week, and this is going to happen.
0: <laughs> <Or are you laughs> telling us or telling yourself.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Christian Kirk is finally getting right. He's healthy. I I do not believe that this guy is just going to fade into nothing, which is what he has been so far this season. But I I, I he's I think I, I think this is the week where he rides the ship.
1: <laughs> hey, I respect it. All right, so we got Christian Kirk. And we got MVS. I feel like we should go wide receiver trio here, man. And just let our wide receivers, you know, duke it out. Um, hmm. I you guys are kind of both going off of guys who have had down weeks last week, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel well, like kind
2: of down Kirk Kirk had his best week of
3: the
1: year. Oh, He's yeah.
3: been consistently trending up, but still has not eclipsed 13 PPR points. So
1: yeah. Um, I kind of want to. Uh, is it is it is it cheating if i go Preston williams no okay it's not i, it's not think, so.
3: I think that's fair uh didn't you have Preston williams last week
1: no did i <laughs> no if i had Preston williams <laughs> last week i would have won this thing i'm teasing <laughs> i would have been the guy to go first i would have beat your slayton pick um, No, nah, you
3: had whatever cleveland running back did yeah nothing. No, yeah i'm right. so
1: disappointed man like, he did good in a backup fill-in role off the fly, but then sucks when he's playing practice all week for it. Terrible, man. Um, Preston Williams, man. He 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 finally, you know, did something, even with five targets, like we mentioned. He's playing the Jets. Playing the Jets, man. I feel like <laughs> this is a little kick your horse while he's down, man. The Jets are <laughs> deserved to get kicked around right now and I feel like Devonte Parker and him can both go off again, you know, and do well. Touchdown each, fifty to one hundred yards each. So I feel good here. Preston Williams, MVS, Christian Kirk. What a little, what a little bunch right there, A little crew, man. So interesting group. I put them on here on my list to make sure I have them all, so I don't forget while I'm watching the games. Preston Williams. We'll throw the Twitter poll up. Last week Adam won. Last week Adam won. We'll see if. We'll see who wins. People knew
3: what was gonna happen. Yeah,
1: it's funny they actually voted you and you won. So we'll see if that streak can continue. We'll see if they could be one and and two and next week. Uh, We'll see how that plays out. Um, All right, let's jump over to Fowler no foul really quick. I just have three of them to run by you guys really quick. Um, The first one is there is zero doubt that Alex Smith will win comeback player of the year. Fowler no foul. (laughs) He (laughs)
2: foul. You know what? I'm not cheering for Alex Smith. Oh man, I don't know this where is terrible. This hate my heart is coming from, but I'm just not excited about Alex Smith.
1: It's okay, you're a bad person, Josh. Josh, you're a terrible Thanks. person. You do this we every
3: just lost half of our listeners at the end of Josh,
1: the show. Josh always seems to get weird on his man. He's either admitting to crimes, he's hating on. Good people, good humans.
3: feel-good story of the year. And Josh is like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I didn't even watch the game. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I I wish you would have said something like, hey, man, Cam Newton, you know, that's my guy. Like, he's coming back from COVID now. He came back after, you know, last year being down. No one signed him. At least give me an argument. You're like, I'm just not rooting for Alex Smith. It was like, jeez. <laughs> jeez, man. <laughs> just
3: don't. <I> mean, <laughs> to me, it really comes down to what does that award mean to you? does it mean the player that came back from the most or does it mean the player that came back from something and played the best? Yeah. For me, I think it's the former rather than the latter. And I think for that, you have to give it Alex Smith. I mean, for him to even get an opportunity to start was just so poetic. Um, You know, it, it was crazy what he came back from. I mean, he came back from an injury that people thought he could lose his leg. I mean this is insane. This is life-changing stuff. And, you know, he's right back in the NFL where he was before and it was it was awesome to see until he started taking sacks and then it was like, <laughs> oh yeah, it's
1: still the NFL. All
3: right. Um why doesn't he just like go be with his children? Cuz Jesus. But uh yeah, I mean, I wish <laughs> I wish Washington was better, <laughs> um but uh but uh, yeah, I'm happy to see him back and I think yeah, he he deserves to win that award.
1: Yeah, there was like world peace for 30 seconds when he came in that game like everybody was happy for some reason so we need more of those moments man now imagine if he plays next week starts over or this week whatever starts this week because kyle Allen's still hurt or they want to you know give him a chance and he actually does crazy what if he does good man what if mclaurin gets touchdowns
3: i mean from like a fan standpoint i don't understand how you don't start him Especially a team like Washington, they're trying to gain some viewership. You know, they change their name. They're, you know, trying to make all these changes there. Who better than a guy coming back off an injury that people thought he'd never play again? And, you know, for him to be starting for your NFL franchise. How crazy is it, guys, that we have two players in the league who are starting quarterbacks that people thought might never play again? I mean, between him and Teddy Bridgewater, it's just amazing to see what players are able to come back
1: from. Yeah, it is. It is It is fascinating. It's awesome. It's everything. Um, so, yeah, man, good story, except to Josh. So, I don't know. Yeah, like,
2: I'd rather give it to Robbie Anderson for overcoming Adam Gase syndrome. <laughs> I'd rather give it to Teddy. Teddy almost lost a leg. If he makes it through the season, give it to Teddy.
1: I mean, if you would have said something like that out the gate, Yeah. But you said I just don't root for Alex Smith.
2: <laughs> just like
1: like, oh,
2: are you are you back to being yeah. mediocre? That's fantastic. Wow. Uh
1: can we cut his <laughs> mic off? Is there a way Man, if
3: it wasn't for Patrick Mahomes, we'd be talking
2: about Alex Smith, the Super Bowl loser or something. <laughs> you know why though? Tyreek Hill.
1: Wide receiver three quarterbacks.
2: Andy Reid, all right. <laughs>
1: All right. The next one here is um I got to think about this because you know LeBron just won another finals championship. And I was like, you know, instantly as soon as he wins, everyone starts arguing who's better, him or Jordan. And I started to think we'll never agree on who the GOAT is in any sport because it's more of like a generational significant argument rather than numbers and championships. Foul or no foul on that?
3: I I actually say foul. I don't think most people dispute that Jerry Rice is the goat. Like that one's interesting. I feel like guys who grew up watching the seventies, they respect what Jerry Rice did in the nineties and the late—was it the late eighties, early nineties? It was like almost before my time in a way. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I can't remember exactly when he started his career, but like early nineties is what I remember. Nonetheless, like I don't think it's the same. I think basketball is more polarizing because there's this how do I want to put it almost like this blend of positions if you will like a shooting guard and a center are dramatically different in what they do on the field right but as far as what people actually perceive them to do in regards to being the greatest of all time like people would put Wilt Chamberlain up there with Michael Jordan like they they just kind of all get thrown into that realm where if you're talking best nfl player of all time people would probably say it's jerry rice but then they'd be like but that's if you know you're not specifically saying a quarterback right If you're saying a quarterback it might be tom brady it might be you know joe montana you might have your generational arguments like you said i think that more applies to positions in like the nfl and then like if you go over to hockey i don't think a lot of people argue that it's gretzky you know um in soccer i know there's a lot of argument generationally again so i think it's different sports sport
1: yeah yeah it's definitely possible i always just get to thinking about it because i'm always like you know i feel like like if you didn't watch the player like it's harder to value them over players that you watched you know what i mean that were like your generation's guy like you know what i mean like like when i think of like best wide receiver i always say like in my mind i'm always like randy moss you know what i mean i don't go jerry rice Mm. And it's like, I think Randy Moss is fucking amazing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how could Jerry Rice be better? That's how I think about it. But then I'm like, do you watch Jerry Rice film? Do you go back and look at it and see how amazing he was? You know what I mean? So I almost feel like the Jordan-LeBron thing can be similar to that. Like, people who watch Jordan will never put this LeBron guy ahead of them. But the kids who grew up watching LeBron right now are never going to put this old Jordan guy ahead of them. You know what I mean? So I feel like there's that argument. Um, Josh, how do you feel about that? Do you feel like you can't break that, that generational I- thing?
2: I think that's exactly right. Like, yeah. guy, people that are my age are just going to always say Jordan. Yeah. It just It's just because, like, when I was, you know, in middle school and high school and, you know, impressionable, Michael Jordan was destroying basketball and the Bulls were incredible. And, like, I just, I'm just not that taken aback by lebron james as i was when i was a kid walk, watching michael jordan
1: yeah And i also wonder how much of that is like nostalgia you being a kid and also yeah. there was less distractions back then right <laughs> like lebron has to be at one distraction in, in millions now but back when jordan was the world like there was less noise <laughs> you know what i mean so that's also a possibility that you know people have them you know more beaten into their head because of less things they got to hear you know what i mean um I don't know. I just think it was interesting because this conversation happens every single time. Like someone wins a championship or you know, whatever the case may be. When some one of these great players do something like this argument ensues, and I'm like, it never ends. Like it's it's unwinnable. <laughs> and there's so much variation. Um, all right. The last foul or no foul that I think had to be on here is DJ Moore is back. Foul or no foul, Adam.
3: Foul. Uh <laughs> Robbie Anderson saw produced him. Um, and <laughs> I just, I don't know, man. I, I guess I should be believing in Carolina at this point, but I'm still just resistant. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think that he's back in the regards of, like, him being a consistent wide receiver one moving forward or anything.
1: Adam, I mean, Josh, what is your feelings on this, man? Did, did you feel, like, vindicated at all? Did you feel like were you were able to wipe the sweat off your forehead for a little bit? no he only got
2: like five targets i mean it's great that he got to 100 yards and got a touchdown on five targets but robbie anderson had i think 13 something obscene like that
1: yeah so i had this conversation on twitter a few weeks back actually when joe mixon and dj moore both kind of like struggling but i think i want to say dj moore started off a little better right so um I had this conversation, like, you know, remember when I said that like if you have to bail on guys or you have a really good backup that you drafted later to start them over those guys? And I think it was, um, who was it that jumped in pretty much right away with me? I think it was, uh, was it Michael? Michael Lou? I believe it was Michael Lou. Mike Me Up. At Mike Me Up. Um, and I forget which one he said he trusted more. But he said he trusted, like, DJ Moore over Joe Mixon as far as going forward. Do, do either one of you guys trust one of these guys more? Because they both have been inconsistent, right? I mean, they both had – Joe Mixon had one good week and then played Baltimore and, and didn't do anything again, like, for the most part. So, like, for the people who are struggling, or I guess quote-unquote struggling because they've had big games, but do you guys trust DJ Moore or Joe Mixon more, like, in your lineups? Which one makes you feel more confident? I, I know Adam is – you know, all in on Joe Mixon, like he feels great about him. He, you don't probably have better options on your bench to put over him. But like, who who, who really makes you feel more confident, like on a week-to-week basis? DJ Moore or Joe Mixon? Josh, you go first.
2: Probably Joe Mixon because Joe Mixon is still monopolizing the running back volume on his team. Yeah. Or DJ Moore is like clearly a number two target.
1: That's crazy. It sucks.
2: It does suck. It
1: sucks. <laughs> And and you know
2: what else, you know what really sucks about it is like new wide receiver comes to a different team. I just feel like that was a horrible bet (laughs) and, and for him to dominate a, a player that has checked every box along the way. Like, I just don't feel like there was any reasonable line of thought that leads you to Robbie Anderson.
1: Yeah. It's, 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 I mean. It's just crazy, you know. This is something I never knew, and this is totally off base from numbers and stats. I did not know DJ Moore's name was Denniston.
2: I didn't either. I did not either. So from this point
1: forward, he is Denniston Moore on this podcast.
2: Denniston Moore until he becomes a wide receiver. One. Yeah.
1: yeah, you are no longer DJ Moore. Does you are Moore, Denniston Moore. D E N N I S T O N. I'm confident that I'm saying that correctly. Denniston Moore, <laughs> Jr. Uh, sir that's who you are that is your birth name and that's who we will call you until you earn week one numbers over Robbie Anderson that's just <laughs> the way it's gonna like go it. it's just I the way like it's it. gonna go and that's what we do well, here at Clockwork. I'm gonna
3: call him DJ because I'm not over here dead naming people on a what? podcast
1: what's wrong with Dennison? <laughs> come on man no
3: Dennison's great actually
1: I've never seen that name before name. I've never no, even seen either
3: That's like uh dennis and winston
1: <laughs> yeah it's interesting i, I think it's cool I, i've literally it's not often that i see names i've never seen before i can't think of anyone with that name like any other famous person or celebrity it's an interesting name i never and it's weird when some guys have these initial names that sometimes that is really just their name like the initials and then sometimes like you never hear the other you know the true name like it's weird like that we never heard that name before now before we google on his name it's weird um so yeah I just think it's interesting. (laughs) I've never heard that name said before. Usually some guy will say it and I'm like, oh crap, his name is Denison. But yeah, I never knew it. So it's interesting. Denison Moore. That's who he is. Um, Show and tell before we wrap this up, do you guys have anything for today?
3: I do. I was watching it right before we started the podcast, but uh, Burt Kreischer just released his new show on Netflix called The Cabin. And it's it's quite funny. Um, He's naked in it way too often for uh for anything that i'd want to watch so um be willing and ready to divert your eyes but it, it's worth it it's quite funny
1: <laughs> i want to see i think you dropped a trailer one of the group chats or something i didn't even know it was coming out actually um so yeah i'm excited to see that so it's on what network
3: it's on netflix netflix
1: okay and it's what is it one episode or like the whole season's there
3: no it's i mean i guess you could call it a season it's just five episodes and they're all like 20 minutes so it's it's a pretty quick watch
1: okay yeah i'm about to check it out I'm about to check it out because it looked good it looked funny um so i want to see i definitely want to see that all right netflix I'm, I'm just typing it as i'm talking here guys so don't forget sorry i apologize um josh do you have anything that you want to uh show and tell today
2: Yeah, yeah, a couple of small things. So do you guys have the – it's a food chain. Do you guys have Brahms where you are? Nope, but I'm Googling.
3: (laughs) That's
2: what I was afraid of, that it might be only Oklahoma, but the best breakfast sandwich is Brahms, the best.
1: So wait, is Brahms a restaurant?
2: Yeah, it's like a drive-thru type of place.
3: Yeah, Oklahoma, Texas, Kansas, Arkansas, and Missouri. All right, that's good enough
2: for me. Yeah.
1: Is it, is it, am I, am I stupid that I typed it in as B R O M S?
2: Yep, you're stupid.
1: Okay. Just making sure.
2: Just... I question that
3: you don't... I'm just glad that you phrased the question that way.
1: Yeah. Just want to make sure. Interesting. I
3: mean. Their breakfast sandwich, huh? Cause I'm looking at photos and uh, this doesn't, doesn't look quality. Yeah. Uh, is there a particular kind of breakfast sandwich there?
2: It's like a it's like a bagel omelette and a sausage patty. Like a you know, bagel egg and sausage patty. It's very good.
1: Oh, okay. Gotcha, I hit breakfast. I see it. Okay. Uh what w- what's the name of it, Josh? What are we looking for here? For the listeners, please go to dot and it is spelled B R A U M S, not B R M S. Um and, and follow along with us. This is, you know, interactive. Which sandwich are you getting, Josh?
2: The I it's I think it's just like a spinach spinach and mushroom omelet. Okay, on, I see on it. Bagel.
1: I see it. Spinach and mushroom yeah. bagel omelet. Okay. It's, yeah. John, yeah. Uh, Adam, you're not fucking with this.
3: No, no, I love breakfast sandwiches, oh, okay. man. I fuck with it.
1: Okay, I you said I, it was... I
3: was just saying the images that I was oh, seeing okay. didn't like make me super excited. I mean, it just looks like a drive-through breakfast sandwich, <laughs> but I mean, I've had some good drive-through breakfast sandwiches. I got spoiled living in Chicago for a decade though because you just you have the opportunity to literally go to so many like places where they will for the same price sell you something that is so much better than anything you could get at, like, a drive through So, yeah, I miss those places.
1: <laughs> I hear you, man. I hear you. Sandwich doesn't look too bad. Doesn't look too bad. It looks all right. It looks all right. Brahms. I can't believe I typed it at B-R-O-M-S. Very disappointed in myself right now. Um, it's okay. Neil. Very discouraged. Very discouraged. Another
2: quick thing. Like, I know I know that air fryers are not new, and I'm late to the party, but you, ne- if you don't have an air fryer, you you need one.
1: Actually, yeah, I fantastic. don't fantastic. I don't have one. You
2: need get one. one. They're
3: pretty fantastic.
1: Why doesn't someone donate me one?
3: Because uh, our fans, you know, they need to step up. <laughs> they need to get Neil an air fryer.
1: Are they inexpensive? I mean, what are we talking about here?
2: Yeah, I <laughs> don't know. I think you need to start a Kickstarter. You can get an iPhone for seventy bucks.
1: Probably 70
2: bucks? okay. Yeah, Forty I think, bucks. I think the listeners can
1: make that happen. Right? That's not too. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I will have to check into it. I have. I swear, I've seen like. Is this something I could potentially have seen like infomercials for before? Yeah, sure. probably. Okay. Yeah, I think I've seen like uh, QVC type ads or something for it. I never actually got one. But what what are we talking about here? What what is what game is it changing for us? What is it doing? What is the air fryer doing for a guy like me who spells Brahms B R O M S?
3: All right. So anything that you want to reheat that would be like um, fried or crispy in any sort of way. It actually makes it crispy again.
1: Okay, so I'm like replacing like a toaster oven with this thing or something?
3: Yeah. Yeah, definitely okay. replace your toaster oven. I know there are also other alternatives. I don't actually own one. My parents do, so I'm normally not making meals with it. I'm normally like just heating up some stuff that I'm not actually supposed to be eating at their house.
1: <laughs> okay, gotcha. You, you can
2: can Re eat with them. Anything that you would pan fry in oil, you can do in an air
1: fryer. And I imagine it's, it's healthier.
2: Yeah, a lot
1: healthier. Okay. They do a great job with tofu. Oh, not happening. That will not be what I experiment with. But I will look into the air fryer for sure. I will definitely do that. Everyone listening right now is like, how is this guy not using air fryer? I know. It's crazy. This kind of thing's happened. Um, all right. My show and tell. I mean, I kind of got disappointed with Adam last week because I, I recommended Paper Ghost. And he seemed disappointed. He seemed disappointed in the guy's voice. And the narration did it. Did it end up bugging you enough to stop listening at him, or did you continue?
3: Uh, it. It did. Okay, yeah, that's did what I thought. Make it through the episode. That's what I
1: thought. That's what yes. I thought. So I'm a little disappointed now. Because I'm a little disappointed. Because now I'm like, hey, did somebody else have that feeling? Because I had that feeling, but I rolled with it. You stopped, and so now I'm thinking, hey, there might have been a recommendation that soured on because of that. Um, so I'm gonna hit with another murder pod, another true crime pod, and hope to redeem myself. I don't know if I will. Um I could just be too deep in the game at this point and that anything will satisfy my urge. Um but I'm going with Counter Clock. I'm not sure how uh commercially popular this is if I'm if I'm late to this like I am air fryers. Um but Counter Clock is a good podcast, man. It's produced by a company called Audio Chuck and uh yeah, it's, it's a pretty good podcast. They have one season in the books, so you can go and listen to that one and they're currently in a second season. Um you know, obviously different cases niche, but Uh, yeah it's another it's another pretty good murder pod so if you're out here like me in these streets struggling listening to you know narrators who sound like they're reading books you might want to jump over to counterclock instead if you're if you're having difficulties like adam did um i apologize i greatly apologize sometimes these things just don't hit you know it is what it is i tried other than that i have nothing else to show and tell adam josh do you have anything else to share before you put This Week in the Books and your advice is closed out in audio form, is there anything else you want to share before we close this episode out? Any parting words? Any player we didn't mention that you feel we should have? Is there anything left out of you two?
2: I was wanting to talk about how Derrick Henry is getting tons of volume, but I'm pretty sure he scored like two touchdowns tonight.
1: So, so how, Derrick Henry. How about the Titans though? Like straight but- ran through... The undefeated Bills.
3: Yeah, who knew getting 15 days off was a competitive advantage?
1: Bro, why do you always got to be so, like, so down and drag me down? It's like, I
3: mean, it's great for the Titans. It's just, this is what the league year is going to be, guys. I mean, we're going to have some weird situations because of COVID. And uh, yeah, I mean, if you know how to exploit them for fantasy and if you have the money to gamble, Man, this uh, this year could could definitely give a lot of opportunities for some big money making situations. I think I, it,
1: know. I, th- I think it's fair to mention that this this episode is being recorded the day of that game, which is Tuesday, which is weird, obviously, because of COVID. Like you're mentioning, uh, we should just at least touch on the fact that T.J. Yeldon somehow led the Buffalo team in rushing. Um, he also had a receiving touchdown. I don't know what exactly is happening here. Devin Singletary didn't do much of anything. Uh Diggs again had another 100-yard performance, 10 receptions. Um that was really it for the Bills, nothing major, but Ryan Tannehill he, he didn't even he didn't even touch 200 yards passing, but he had three touchdowns passing. And then he had another 40 yards and a touchdown rushing. And then Derrick Henry, like you said, two touchdowns. He didn't have a, a, a ton of yards, but he was out here literally sending Josh Norman flying through the air. Uh, with his arm, like it was a, a magic trick or something. And then um, AJ Brown, man, came back right to life a little bit. Corey Davis is gone because of COVID right now. So he had a good game. But other than that, man, oh, Jono, Jono, John, who? What am I talking Johnny about? Smith yeah. had a huge game. Two touchdowns. Like, two touchdowns. So, yeah, I mean, I was, I know you're saying that you know, they had all this time off and stuff, but it was, you know, it was impressive to watch. I didn't expect it to be such a, a blowout. I've, the Bills have looked great, man. So they kind of surprised me um, to get, you know, mopped like that. But I guess, like you said, that break, is valuable. It is important. I will keep saying the name, Gabriel Davis, though, for the Bills. He is worth putting on your team. If he's got to be owned in Dynasty in every league you're in already, probably, but he's man, he's a he's a good player. If you could trade for him, target him. I think I see I see him constantly improving here, man. I know that wide receiver team is kind of stocked over there, but he I I am excited about him, man. Just like I am excited about Mooney in Chicago, man. I wish why why is your team not getting the ball enough, man? I feel like there's Some young guys out here, man. There's They're
3: not... busy winning every game. Shut
1: up, shut up, shut up. All right, that's it. That's it. We've done a long episode, guys. We've we've knocked out a lot of stuff. If you want to find Adam and talk to him any further, and he'll just kind of soberly tell you you're wrong or something's really bad when it should be positive, you can find him at the other FF guy. He's usually busy retweeting awesome stuff. Hey, Adam, how about that? Um, video that UFC knockout. You like that one, right? What's that guy's name that edits those videos?
3: Oh yeah, who edits them to look almost like? Uh, yeah, like Mortal Kombat. Yeah, man, there. Yeah, that was so crazy. I mean, that is potentially the best knockout I've ever seen.
1: Yeah. I mean, did you did you see they, him? Uh, did you see? Dana White? I
3: saw it live too. That was insane. But did, uh, but not in person. But yeah. like, watched it obviously <laughs> on television live.
0: Because
3: I mean, it was just one of the prelims. So for it to be this like crazy, catched kick, turnaround, switch kick, like just yeah. I mean, just it it was so flabbergasting to see you could not like I could not process it when it happened.
1: Yeah. It was the good of all knockouts. And did you see Dana White talking to him after the fight, like uh, in one of his interviews or something? He just like kind of walked onto the interview and he was like, you know, I'm getting phone calls over here. You know, you create a moment. Like that's what you do when you come out here is you have to create a moment. And like you, you literally got people calling me saying, give you all the money, <laughs> like throw two hundred dollars <laughs> give him all the knockout bonuses, sign the check right now. Like that dude just put UFC and himself on the map, like in a second here. So,
3: I mean, it might be the best knockout in MMA since the Anthony Pettis run off the cage knockout. Yeah. I mean, that to me is still the best knockout of all time because it happened. I mean, it wasn't in the UFC, but it happened in a championship fight. Like it was huge stakes. Um, but, uh, but this was as far as just finesse and like unexpected you're never, you, this is why MMA is so damn good Yeah. is because you can be watching a match that is literally two guys you probably never heard of. And then all of a sudden you see something that is the most spectacular thing that you've seen come out of the sport. It's, it's crazy. And it's an experience unlike any other sport.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and that knockout will be on every single highlight reel, every single edit, every single advertisement, every single thing you see, the UFC advertising, you will see that put in there somewhere. Um, It was phenomenal. Um, So, yeah, I mentioned that because I was talking about Adam's Twitter, and it was on there too. Um, You can find Josh at JC Crocker crying about DJ Moore,
2: telling you Aaron (laughs) Rodgers
1: sucks.
2: Getting back on the TJ Yeldon bandwagon. <laughs> Getting Here we back.
1: Go. Yeah, I'll tell you why TJ Yeldon had air yards last week. I mean, who knows what this guy's gonna give you. Um, but yeah, check out him at JC Crocker and I'm at Clock Dodgers, just like the name of the podcast. Very simple. You can find me there. Other than that, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, please do so. If you are, we love you, we appreciate you, we thank you. If you're one of the people who have left us reviews, we thank you even more again. If you haven't left a review, please do so. You are an advertisement for those searching around. Do you guys look at um reviews? I'm not gonna lie, I do look at them. I do. Uh, nice. They're I don't, hilarious. Yeah, I don't know how much stock to put in reviews for podcasts when I see them, like, because I do when I like just browse the Apple Top, you know, whatever. Or I'm looking for a new podcasts. I don't know how much stock to ever put in them, but they do definitely like sway me on listening to stuff sometimes. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> I've I've been swayed. I've, I, I I do judge you off your reviews sometimes. Um, so they mean a lot. So when you guys leave those, we appreciate them. And if you talk shit about Josh, we'll read it because we appreciate that even more. Um, other than that we got nothing else today we love you guys you're amazing good luck this week as always be kind be great keep dying